podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the 10-12, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference. One day, it will be 12 teams in the Big 12 Conference again. We look forward to that day. It's not here yet. It's still 10, but we're still happy to talk about everybody here. And maybe we'll dabble today in some hoop stock on the teams coming in. Maybe we will. Maybe we won't. I'll probably forget as I ramble through this over the next 30 to 45 minutes, because that's typically what happens. Is like, we're going to talk Houston and and Cincinnati and UCF and BYU today, and then it's like, oh, it's time to go. It's going to turn into the Matt Damon bit on uh, Jimmy Kimmel, where it's like, oh, we ran out of time. <laughs> They're backstage, and we'll try to get them on next time. Uh, though, two people I did not forget today, my usual Monday cohorts, uh, JSJ herself, Jamie Steyer Johnson. Oh, Philip, I'm tired. It's been a long week, but it's it's been a good week. I'm happy to be here. Jimmy, I will never... Like you, you're the the kind of person who doesn't have kids who, when you say you had a long, busy week, I believe you've actually had like a long, busy week. And I'm just like, (laughs) oh, poor single me and my busy lifestyle with so many things that I have had to done. Oh, if I could just sit here and sip some tea, everything would be just fine and dandy. Uh, Also joining us today, Andy Metz. Oh my gosh, that was Philip, like Southern Belle Philip is going to have to be a recurring bit on the podcast now. You realize that, right? You were just looking for an opening for that. Yeah, exactly. The problem with recurring bits is I never remember to do recurring bits, which is why I stopped trying to be like, hey, I'm going to have a new recurring bit because then it doesn't actually recur uh, unless it just happens organically. I am, I will be perfectly honest with you. By the time I sit down here on Sunday nights, Half of my brain is operating. Half of my brain is on autopilot. And I don't remember half the things that we say on the podcast. I have to go back and listen and be like, hey, what would be good for a headliner? Let's, let's put a little audio clip out there. So, you know, uh, we've got a lot of hoops to talk <laughs> about today. A whole lot of hoops to talk about. Oh Folks, my it's gosh, a big 12. Crazy. It is a big 12. You you can't come into it and be like, just another, just another you know, usual day where the top teams win and the bottom teams lose. The problem is, top to bottom, this conference is absolutely ridiculous. So, do we start with the massive upset? Do we start with the, you know where I want to start? I want to start here. I want to start with one that's really just kind Wait, of... the massive upset. Which one are you saying is the massive upset? Because there's a lot of them. There's so many. That's the fun of this. I want to start with, we're going to do, instead of just men and then women, we're going to bounce back and forth here a little bit. Um, Heck yeah. There is uh, something that happened on Saturday that amuses me to no end. Uh, Kansas State and Texas Tech played each other, both the men's side (laughs) and the women's side. And the upset happened in both games for the opposite team. On the men's side, Texas Tech goes to Manhattan, Kansas. And uh, Bruce Weber pulls off what he is typically good for at least once or twice a season, no matter what their final record is. A nice home upset over a ranked opponent. Texas Tech coming off back-to-back wins over Baylor and Kansas riding, and then Oklahoma State riding high. They're going to win the Big 12. Welcome, Mark Adams. This is awesome. And then they go to Manhattan. And meanwhile, on the women's side, Kansas State ranked, playing well, looking great, go on the road to Texas Tech, and... They are not able to do what you have to do to beat Texas Tech on the women's side. Shut down Vivian Gray. That's about how it feels. So uh, where would we like to begin, boys and girls? I mean, seriously. (laughs) 
it's there's just so much there. It, you know, kind of to to throw out your what you were talking about. You know, the the back and forth on both men and women there. Um, you look across the entire Big Twelve, and other than the like, there's there's a big massive upset, which I'm sure we'll get to uh, on on the men's side. But other than that, basically every home team won over the weekend, um, which. Which isn't true for every single one, but for the most part, like you look at the trends, it seems like the home teams. And I know Philip, last year you did this this stat where you looked at like what the record was for home teams. I, I haven't actually put it together myself yet. I was going to try to reference it, but it is definitely one of those things where um, it's it's really hard to go on the road and win in both of these conferences, both you know, um, both men's side and women's side. Which is why I think the road wins that have come that have been huge upsets are even more monumentally upsets than than uh, they normally would be like normally you would say you know we're good for one or two you know crazy upsets every single year on both sides that are just like out of nowhere but when you look at how dominant the home teams have been so far or at least my recollection of how dominant the home teams have been so far it's it's hard to reconcile that with the fact that you know i'm just going to go ahead and throw it out here because you already talked about a few of them but like oklahoma state upsetting baylor in Waco on Saturday on the men's side and Kansas going down to Texas on the women's side and beating Austin in Texas in the middle of the week. Those are two gigantic upsets that I don't really know. Like that changes the way that you have to think about this conference, even though we were already saying that this conference was, you know, a a big jumbled mess anyway. Um, I just, I don't know. I don't really know what to make of it. And I think you can tell in my answer here, like it's hard to (laughs) wrap your mind around what is happening in these two conferences right now. Because I don't know that there's a way to really sort out who the quote-unquote good teams are. Well, yeah, it's it's crazy. Actually, I um, I might blow your mind here, but through, I believe it was the first two weeks of conference play on the women's side, Iowa State was 2-0 at home, and I believe Oklahoma was 1-1. Besides that, up through the first couple weeks, every road team won. Okay, yeah, you just blew my mind there. That's ridiculous. What? That came from Chris Andringa from Iowa State Sports Information. I could not believe it, but it, I mean, it was accurate through, I believe, the first couple weeks. Yeah, I mean, that's that's not accurate now, but for the fir- for the beginning of conference season, it was just a weird combination of the matchups and stuff like that, where the road teams won. Well, thinking about that too, way. I think it was also COVID related because if you think about it, like. You know, Kansas missed two home matchups mm-hmm. that theoretically they, they, they probably should have lost those. Like if they were playing at the beginning of the year and they weren't on the, the huge role that they are, just looking at who it was they missed. But going on the road to TCU, which TCU is no slouch, but that was a team that you probably expected Kansas to be favored against on the road even. Um, and they were able to win that one, you know, and then, of course, the monumental upsets that were happening as well. But, yeah, I mean, I, I guess it's not that surprising when you really think about how much COVID has wreaked a havoc on the the Big 12 schedule so far. Yeah. But if you go, if we talk specifically the first games that you brought up, Philip, gosh, I cannot wait. I need to watch back the film of K-State and Texas Tech women. I was obviously occupied (laughs) Uh, with my own game. But I, from what I hear, they basically stuck one of their players directly in front of Aoka Lee face guarding, like, nose to nose and just said okay you you can't get the ball down here you're gonna have to lob it and if you have 
halfway decent backside help, that's a really tough proposition anyway. So uh, I'm just absolutely fascinated with the way they are able to play her because I think Aoka Lee has the potential to be one of the most dominant players in the league. Obviously, I saw that firsthand, um, came out on top of it, but saw it absolutely firsthand. Um, but if teams can find something like that as a way to guard her, that really changes the landscape of the Big 12 because she's the one willing her team to victory. She has some really great pieces around her, but she has to be effective in order for them to be good. So I'm really intrigued to see exactly what happened in that matchup and to see if other teams are able to emulate it going forward. But she wasn't even that bad. Six of 12, 12 points, eight rebounds, three block shots. She was six to twelve. The rest well, of the team I mean, she's... was twelve of fifty-one. Right, but she also shoots like seventy-three percent from the floor and averages around twenty points a game. Fair, fair. But when the rest of your team shoots twenty-three percent, well, like, no, for like, sure. I get that. Okay, so everybody else, like everyone else, has to rise up. Sundell was four of thirteen. Nobody had twelve points. Nobody else did anything. What do you mean? While Texas Tech. Like we said, if you want to stop Texas Tech, stop Vivian Gray. 23 points, 16 from, from Brent Gerlich. Um, They shot 45% from the field. So it's not like Kansas State then, you know, okay, well, let's lock down a defense. I just, like, that was just a flat out. They scored seven points in the first quarter, Kansas State, and two in the fourth. It's like what they did to Baylor. It's very similar yeah, to what K-State did to Baylor. Look, look, Ayoka Lee scoring 25% of her team's points is not – out of the ordinary, it's not necessarily something to worry about. But when she only scores twelve, and you st- and she still scores twenty five percent of your team's points, you're going to have a tough night. Yeah, um, <laughs> someone else needed to step up. That's good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, on the men's side, like I'm, I'm tempted to give Texas Tech a little bit of a pass in the loss at Kansas State. They played three games in five days. Uh, Two huge games, and then they go on the road to Kansas State, who's not terrible. Um, and again, I, I make the joke, but Bruce Weber's got this in him. He's always his teams always have a, are going to pull off probably an upset or two each season that he's there. And Texas Tech comes in a little bit tired. They only shot thirty nine percent. Your legs get weary, and they're able to get it done. I mean, they let it halftime, but you you just kind of kept watching and think, okay, Texas Tech's got this, but Kansas. It just felt like by the end of the game. Texas Tech was a little bit tired. I, I'm going to give them, I'm going to let them use a little bit of that excuse, but, you know, Oklahoma State, same situation. Um, Texas Tech got a home game in this three game stretch. They got to play at home against Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State traveled 3,300 plus miles in three games in five days, but they went on the road to Baylor and shut Baylor down and got that win. So, uh, like, I was prepared to be like, you know what, Texas Tech, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a pass to this one. And and of course, it's the Big Twelve. It's crazy difficult. We talk about this all the time. The depth of this conference is ridiculous on the men's side. And Kansas State maybe nine and seven or one and four in conference play. But I mean, they've been there in a couple of games. It's hard to give Texas Tech the excuse when Oklahoma State had a far bigger excuse to blow their game to Baylor and get blown out. Except they go and they win. Yeah, I think it really comes down to you look at what Texas Tech does. Like a uh, good good friend of the podcast, and uh, obviously here on the network, I'll be sure. Um, you know, talking about Texas Tech says, you know, they muddy up the game, they make the game super ugly, and most teams don't really know how to handle that. Especially if you can take away, you know, the main score that they have and really force them to go to a bunch of people that they aren't used to using. They did that to Kansas. They did that a lot to Baylor. 
um, and were able to make timely runs in those two games to be able to to do what they needed to do. Um, Kansas State, that's the way that they that they have to play this year because of who they have and who they have available. So it's not like Texas Tech was able to take Kansas State out of what it is that they tried to do. And Kansas State has shown the same ability to really kind of limit what the opposing team is trying to do and a star player on the opposing team. And that's really what it came down to is that Texas Tech does not have that one go-to guy. Whereas you, you contrast that with what Oklahoma State did. Oklahoma State had Bryce Thompson, you, you know, showed out in this game. He had that role of he was the go-to guy down the stretch for Oklahoma State against Baylor and really willed them to that victory. Yes, the rest of the team really helped out. But I, honestly, I think that's what the big difference is, is that Oklahoma State has guys that can take over games, whereas I don't think Texas Tech necessarily has a guy that can take over the game, put the team on his back, and get them to where they need to be if things aren't working the way that they normally do, if they're not able to disrupt what the opposing team is trying to do. I think that's all valid. It's very valid. Um, I'm going to push back on your, like, Oklahoma State has guys that can take over games. And they kind of do, but this is not a team that shoots the ball well. And it's not like where OSU's home upset over Texas, they shot the ball well. This game was all about Oklahoma State's defense. I'm going to I'm going to make this point. Um for anybody who's out on Boynton and I've seen saw somebody like pull up OSU's like record in the first like 3 4 games of Big 12 play under under his tenure. I'm not going to go on my like three-page word doc no space single space like diatribe on all the nonsense that Mike Boynton has had to deal with since he got to Oklahoma State. But for a team that does not have a postseason, Big 12 tournament or NCAA, regular season is all they have. Defense is all about effort. That they are playing the with the effort that they are on defense every single game. Third game in five days, traveled over 3,300 miles over a six-day stretch. Go on the road to number one Baylor. I know Baylor looked... Baylor looked sluggish and off in this game. It's almost they almost seemed a little bit disinterested, which I don't. We can talk about that. I don't even know. And hold Flagler to one for ten, Akinjo for one for eight. Cryer got eighteen and Mayer got sixteen. Nobody else had more than five points in this game. Baylor shot thirty-one percent, and and that's after hitting uh, a few late threes to to make that run late in this game. So think about how bad Baylor was shooting the ball before they even got to that point. OSU. Defensive pressure, the defense that they play, just like everybody else in the Big 12, because everybody in the Big 12 plays defense. But for OSU to still be playing as hard and tough as they are, I just it speaks so much to Boynton and that he hasn't lost his team and that the lack of a postseason. Because you could you could give OSU complete, just like, you know what? We don't have a postseason. We're out. We don't care. Whatever. The, the last two Saturdays, and OSU's not going to finish above 500 in Big 12 play, but the last two Saturdays, they pulled off upsets over Texas and Baylor. Like, it's not from a lack of trying. This team is going to keep playing and working their ass off. And Boynton deserves a absolute ton of credit for that. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely one of those things where, and and I happen to agree with you. Like, I, I think that Boynton is, is the perfect guy for the team that they have, for the situation that they're in. Like, this team is nowhere near as good as they are right now if he hasn't been there the last few years. Because either, you know, a newer guy coming in or someone who has not set up the foundation of the program the way that it is. I, I do agree that Oklahoma State doesn't, on paper, have guys, especially so far this year, that can take over games. But they do have a lot of guys that that was kind of the pedigree. Like Bryce Thompson, being a five-star recruit, was expected, you know, especially in his time at Kansas, before he transferred to Oklahoma State, as a guy that could take over a game that could be the guy. Um, this is, I think, the first time that he's actually done it in his college career, where he is the guy that took over a game and willed them to a victory. But, I mean, he by far was the best player for Oklahoma State in this one. Agreed. And 
I mean, there. yes, the, the, the defense was absolutely phenomenal, but anytime they needed a big bucket, Bryce Thompson was out there getting it. Like anytime they needed to, like he, he was playing good lockdown defense too. And so it's one of those things where Oklahoma State has some guys that should theoretically be able to do that. And Isaac Likely, um, you know, Bryce Thompson, you can name a few other guys that you would think should be able to do it, whether they have been able to do it recently or not. Um, I don't know if I look at, say, the, the Texas Tech roster, I don't know that I can pick out guys, at least guys that are, that have been playing that aren't, you know, dealing with injuries or coming back from COVID that I can point to and say, hey, I expect that guy to take that game over. But I, kind of to latch onto your point, talking about Baylor, I watched a good portion of that Oklahoma State Baylor game. And my, my, like the thing that kept jumping out to me is like, it almost looks like Baylor just doesn't want to be here. Like they're, they're not interested in this game at all. And, and it's really weird to see that coming from a Scott Drew team. I don't know if there's something else going on. If, you know, if there's some sort of illness or something going on in the program that kind of took their mind off it, but it almost looked like they just didn't care about the game. And obviously it's, it's hard to say that like, yes, they do care. But when you compare that to the energy they normally have, the way they're normally flying around, I, they got knocked off early in like the five minutes of the of the game that I didn't see at the very beginning, um, and that set the tone for the entire rest of the game. Or they were just off, and Oklahoma State found them at the right time and was able to take advantage and deal them a huge blow uh, to you know the, the the resume that they have right now. Uh, to your Bryce Thompson point, he scored ten of OSU's final fourteen points by himself. Four of those at the free throw. Like when OSU had to hit those free throws in the closing seconds of the game. Got all four of them. Um, so props to him. Uh, interesting fact about this one. Baylor first ever AP number one team to lose two home games in a week while ranked number one. That's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. Uh, OSU's high, biggest lead in the game was 18, which is the most Baylor's been down all season in a game. Next closest was 10 against Oregon. Like... I, this isn't somewhere like I'm worried about Baylor now. What do, we got to talk about Baylor. We're really worried about them. Um, like this is still a really, really good team. And I think if you're going to lose games, this is the time to do it. Like I trust Scott Drew to look at this team and go, okay, what happened this week? We're going to get this figured out and turned around and Baylor's going to get back rolling again. And I, I know they have two losses now. I think Ken Palm now favors Ken, Kansas to win the big 12. And yeah. Kansas has one loss. Like, there's so many games left to be played. I think this thing is still absolute. Hey, TCU's two and one, folks. You know, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> say that with more conviction, Philip. Come on. No, I can't. I physically can't. Um, look, this thing is still wide open to me, and Baylor is still really good. They'll get it figured out. It does put a little bit of a chink in the armor. Like, I think there are too many Baylor fans who are like, it's just, it just keep rolling from last year. Ha I was like, eh, we'll see. Uh, but here we are. Here we absolutely are. This is Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I also hate Pit, joined by my brother, Jeremy J. N. Fiend Phoenix. We are the Raspy Voice Kids. We do the Raspy Voice Kids podcast. If you love West Virginia University, you will love our podcast. If you don't care about West Virginia University, you will love our pop culture segment. It begins every single episode. You can join in the fun anytime, anyplace. Get at your boys. Welcome to Between Two Bears, the newest 
1012 Network podcast. Uh, this is Matt Isbear. I'm going to introduce my co-host, Evan Abair, uh, to give you a quick idea of what the show is about. Yeah, Between Two Bears is going to be a... It's going to be a great... Sorry. Between Two Bears is going to be a great look at the silly and sometimes stupid... Between Two Bears is going to be a great look at the silly and sometimes stupid side of Baylor sports. Hey, I'm going to try one more time. Between Two Bears. Okay. Uh, Evan, Evan's going to go take a nap. Um, but we are excited to join the 1012 Network along with the rest of their already great lineup of Big 12 podcasts. Check them out at 1012 Network on Twitter and us as well at Matt is Bear and at Evan Haybear. Uh, Sick'em Bears. Um, okay. Do I do you I know, need to talk about? Go ahead. You know who's not rolling from last year? Oklahoma State on the women's side. Well, I mean, <laughs> kind of, but that's uh, come on. A, you... another team on the women's side who has dominated this conference. Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, perhaps Wait, both of them. Like, you know, the one that's been the one that dominates, and then the one that everyone says should be up there. Dominate. <laughs> Let's talk about that. Let's talk about uh, Baylor played Sunday, uh, getting a three-point win over Kansas. That a game that they really should have lost, and Kansas unfortunately choked it at the very end. But you know what? A team like Kansas that isn't used to having those sorts of leads at the very end, they're going to choke one of them occasionally, especially against a team that's supposed to be as good as Baylor. Hey, guess what? That's Baylor's <laughs> first conference win. Is a three-point win on the road at Kansas on the women's side. Um, what's going on? Well, in this game in particular, let me say, this isn't just a, oh gosh, Baylor looks awful. Baylor doesn't look as good as they have in the past. Kansas also looks good. Kansas looks really good right now. Kansas they looks be, phenomenal right they, now, I mean, they've, they've had players there that you see and you say, yeah, you know, they're they're going to probably figure it out eventually. You've got Iwana Hachleonte who's been there. I mean, she's big. She's athletic. You've got Holly Kurzgeter. Oh, my God. I mean, she's she's got a, a beautiful touch on her shot. But today against Baylor, oh, my gosh, did she look good. And so you've had these pieces. And it's always just kind of been one of those things where you look at it and you're like, I mean, yeah, Kansas hasn't been good for a while but it's they're not giving up they're they'll still give people a game once in a while it's very much a kansas football vibe where like they're never really they're they're they haven't been probably quite as down in the dumps but pretty close i mean they've had some rough years but oh my gosh they look they look pretty good but yeah baylor baylor's always had a weird kind of a chip on their shoulder they always felt like they had something to prove but at the same time they also walked into every gym saying well we're just gonna beat you and for a long time a lot of people took that at face value it seemed like teams would just be intimidated before the game even started and that started to kind of chip away over the last couple years but now that's i mean pretty much completely eroded they're another team 
now in the, in the eyes of a lot of teams in the Big 12, I think. Well, and I think the big thing that you've seen in, in the way that Baylor's been playing is normally Baylor comes out and punches you in the mouth and teams just never recover because they, they just lose composure. And it's hard. Like, they might make runs. They might get it close. But they never get to the point where it actually feels like you have a very good chance of actually coming back and winning the game. This year, it feels completely different. You know, and I don't know how much of that is teams now taking a step forward or how much of that is the shine has come off of, you know, kind of the Baylor, uh, well, really just the the aura of Baylor now that yeah. Mulkey's no longer there. Um, you know, it's just, it's one of those things where, you know, yes, Kansas got down several times in that game, but every single time they got down today, um, you know, they were able to punch back and come yeah. back and take the lead. And yes, I definitely think that that part of that was just the huge improvement we've seen from Kansas. You know, Brandon Schneider talked about at Big 12 Media Days about how they were playing like three or four of their key players out of position because of COVID issues last year, because of injuries. Like they just, they literally didn't have enough people in the roster to put people in the right spots for where they're supposed right. to play. And you have now seen Kansas specifically come a long way this year because now they all look more comfortable. They look like they're playing. They look like they're actually playing and they're not trying to learn on the fly how they're supposed to be playing in, in the the lineups and the setups that they have. But, you know, every time they got down today, they were able to punch back and come back and, and be able to try to win it. You know, they were up by three with like 25 seconds left and shooting two free throws and they missed them both, unfortunately. And then Baylor's able to come down and get it. I think, I think, I think they missed them both. I, I might have that wrong, but regardless, I mean, it was a, it was a fairly big collapse, but it's also one of those things. Like if you had come into this week and I had told you that they were going to go one and one, you know, in these two games, and they were barely going to lose the one that they lost, I would have been ecstatic as a Kansas fan because that's exactly what can what KU needs to be able to get this team back to the NCAA tournament. You know, they don't even need to be in the top of the conference. They just need to have a few big wins against the best teams in the conference, which, as far as we can tell so far, they, they have, you know, that resume building, and that's the goal for Kansas this year is just to get themselves back into the tournament. Yeah, they're they're an intimidating team, to be sure, this year. Uh, so They're to Andy's good. point, uh, this oh, all right. uh, Kansas led by four with uh, with twenty five seconds left in this game. Yeah, they lost, must have made the first. Made the first, they made missed one, the second. And then uh, Asbury hits a three to bring it within one. Um, turnover, foul, foul, free throw, free throw. Uh, it was rough. I was all I was already getting ready to type out the victory free tweet. Throw, free throw, <laughs> Yeah, and then that happened. I'm just like, oh no, I better hold on. Four point oh, lead with don't... with oh. with 25 seconds left. You you you're nervous, but you're like, okay, we we might we might have this. Yeah, I literally had the victory tweet ready to go, and I just needed to change the score on it, and then it all fell apart. Oof, oof, oof. Uh, let's do a couple more of these OU, uh, men's games. TCU gets the 59-51 uh, overtime win over Oklahoma in Fort Worth. I don't know how much to take away from this game. I think TCU is, again, the Big 12 is better this year than it was last year because the teams at the bottom, like I know OSU's down, but Kansas State's better. Iowa State's obviously better. TCU is better. Like I, I do think top to bottom, man, I, nah, hold on to the point. You know, it's it's one of those things, like looking at TCU, the fact that they were able to get that win with, with, you know, Mike Miles not playing very well. I mean, he yeah. scored like six points. That was super impressive to me. And yes, TCU is like the second worst rated Ken Palm team in the conference, but they're down at 61, which isn't anything to sneeze at. Like that's, 
you know, normally that's like middle of the road for most conferences. Um, whereas, you know, that's second to last in the Big 12. Like, that's just how crazy this conference is. Kansas State's right behind them at 63. Yeah. Uh, Looking at overall adjusted efficiency margin. Uh, I say, on net rankings, TCU's 52. OSU's 50. Oh, yeah, yeah. Net, net and uh, Ken Palm. Ken Palm. Are, are really the difference. Yeah. I heard you, I heard I had the net pulled up so i was looking yeah. at it no no that's all right kin palm my brain went what that's not the same thing that i'm looking at because it's <laughs> you're not, right literally it's not. not the same thing uh that you're looking at um but i mean yeah it's it's so it's 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 one of those things where if you can have those two teams you know kansas state and tcu the two bottom teams of the conference and i'm saying that in air quotes for all those people that can't see me because they're listening to a podcast and not watching the video podcasting um, is a visual medium people yeah exactly uh i mean you know those two "Quote unquote worst teams in the conference are getting big victories, and yes, they were both at home. But you know that's the way this conference is. I mean, theoretically, we could have eight teams from this conference. I think make the NCAA tournament. Like it, it's that's, possible. It, it, there's enough wins out there. I think for them, the way that they played in the non-conference, and of course, the Big Twelve SEC challenge is going to be a really like if if we can get a lot of big wins in that for the conference, that's going to go a long way to further increasing the stature of the conference and getting people, you know, the in in there the way that they can really get to the point where they can actually get a ton of teams into the Big 12 conference. I just I think it's kind of ridiculous it's just to think how good all these teams are and I can make a credible case for every single team except for Oklahoma State because of the NCAA the, the NCAA is stupid. Uh, I can make a credible case for every single one of these teams making a run to, to make it to the tournament. I mean, I I can't with Kansas State, but your point is valid. Um I came with TCU, which is not how I felt the last few years. You know, they they start great non-con, and it's like, yeah, but it was it built on fluff. And I, it's not like their non-conference schedule this year was like significantly better, but it was better than it was been the past few years. And if they can keep putting some wins together, um, I think TCU has a real shot at getting back there. Again, it's going to depend on Mike Miles' health, um, and if they can if they can snag a couple of upsets. Throughout the next couple of weeks, they've got some opportunities. Uh, so, yeah, TCU gets the win. We said Kansas State. Um, Kansas with a pretty dominant win over West Virginia, 85-59 to 59 at home. Um, Iowa State, 79, Texas, 70. I don't know if this is a situation where I need to take something away from this of, like, huge win for Iowa State. Or I'm still so down on Texas right now um, that I'm not sure how big of a home win this is for Iowa State. I think Iowa State is going to be next to impossible to beat at home this season on the men's side. I do. Um, I think they are going to just be absolutely it, – it is – Hilton is back to being what it was, Right. Like, I know they lost to Baylor, but that was an incredibly close game. Um, they've played two road games with their other losses, upsetting Texas Tech in an ugly game, ups- beating Texas. Like, I think they're going to be really, really hard to beat at home. Can they get wins on the road? And I don't know yet. So I'm just... Yeah, and I mean, I was just going to say that if you want to take away anything, you can take away the way in which they won. Like, to have... Isaiah Brockington score eight points to have, I think it was Brockington and Tyrese Hunter start out over two and still extend to like a seven, 10 point lead early to have people contribute off the bench. Like 
that's something that they definitely needed because we've seen Isaiah Brockington can put the team on his back, you know, but to have other people step up to go, you know, 10 to 23 from the three point line, that ain't too bad either. Uh, Hilton, super significant for sure. But to have people step up and do what needed to be done when Brockington was held to a more human night says something. Yeah. Hey, Kalsher hitting 8 of 16, leading the team with 22 points. Hunter, I mean, he was only 3 of 6, but he went 7 of 9 for the free throw line. So when he had to get the points, he got them. Um, yeah, I, again, I would say it's one of those teams where it is the, this is, this is, it's, it's the team. It's the whole Detroit Pistons kind of thing. It's like, I'm not sure there is a, like, that is the, this guy is a stud. But there is, it is a well-built collection of players that is really good. That That's that's how Iowa State, I'm sure Iowa State fans are going to be like, no, oh, so-and-so should be first. Like, I don't I don't want to hear about first-team nonsense. This is not an insult by saying somebody isn't the best, shouldn't win Big 12 Player of the Year. This is, this is a collection of guys that are just, like, it's fantastic. Like what Otzelberger has put together here this year is is how you use the portal perfectly. Well, and let's be honest, like to to win Big Twelve Player of the Year, you either have to be heads and tails so far above everyone else on your team that you are like the reason your team has any sort of success, or you have to be just so mu- so good on a very successful team that people recognize how good you are. I don't I don't know quite where Iowa State fits into that, you know, in terms of the overall hierarchy. Like are is Iowa State going to be one of the better teams in the conference and, you know, finish third or fourth, which would get their best player kind of in the realm of that conversation or like because if they're not, then it's going to be difficult I think for any individual player, the way that Iowa State plays, the style that they play, how they do that. There's no player that really stands out, which isn't again, it's not a it's not putting down any of the individual players. It's just talking about how that team concept comes together and how they haven't gelled yet to the point where you look at a guy and say, hey, that's my go-to guy. That's the guy that clearly is you know, the guy if, if we need someone to go do something. Uh, I, the, the one thing I will kind of push back on Iowa State is I do think that there's a very good opportunity for them to get a decent number of road wins. Um, the question for them has always been how consistent is your shooting going to be? Like if they're on, they can shoot with anybody. The problem is they also have nights where they're off, but their defense is good enough. You know, they went on the road to Allen Fieldhouse and shut down a Kansas offense that we saw what it did against West Virginia on Saturday. And that offense is phenomenal when they actually get going. Iowa State completely shut that down and was able to be in that game and get to the point where, you know, they have a, a credible argument for saying that they should have won that game. Um, and so it's one of those things where, you know, Iowa State could steal quite a few road games whether you think they actually should win them or not, just because of how good that defense is, how how good it is at disrupting. And that's, you know, that's the entire Big 12 Conference. We have a ton of fantastic defenses that can disrupt offenses. And, I mean, I think that's really what it's going to come down to. The team that's going to win the conference is going to be the team that's most consistent offensively that can get their offensive weapons going that are going to be able to night in and night out put on an offensive performance that can overcome what the opposing defense is doing. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, rounding out the women's side, uh, I mean, nothing to uh, Oklahoma puts up a hundred, <laughs> uh, which is insane over TCU. Uh, but ranked home team wins, uh, ranked home team in Texas beats West Virginia pretty handily. Uh, and ranked Iowa state goes on the road to unranked Oklahoma state and gets a pretty handy win there I, I, on the women's side, Baylor, Kansas, close game. Otherwise nothing too surprising, uh, in the rest of Saturday's games. Jamie, how was, uh, how was Stillwater for you? 
it it was a, well no okay it look so <laughs> the weather <laughs> was really bad and so like the travel was a nightmare and so i also spent almost no time there uh i was there for not 24 hours in in stillwater so we've won i'm i'm very very happy about that uh oh i did go to eskimo joe's at a girl there it is there you go it was delicious we got the uh sweet pepper bacon cheese yes you did literally the most important thing you could do there other than being at the game yeah it was nine o'clock we were like well we gotta eat well it was like eight at the time they're like we gotta eat somewhere it sounds like a great breakfast At night. Oh, okay. I thought you were eight eating at night. cheese fries. At eight. Hey. God, I no, wish. No, it's like a college seventh over breakfast, again. right? Uh, no, it was it was great. Well, and it was a crazy week because, like, to jump back just really briefly, like Iowa State went over to K State earlier in the week. That's why I'm so tired. We had two road games. That's a lot, but went and beat K State on the road. Led for 21 seconds of the game, one by three. It was one of the craziest games I've ever seen. It was the second best game I've gotten to call so far. Um, second only to beating Baylor on Senior Night in 2020. That was dope. But um, yeah, it was that was insane. And so then to go out and get another road win is huge because this coming week is gonna be. A grind, which Kansas knows exactly how we feel, just reversing the home and away of it all. Um, but yeah, it was Stillwater was good just to get out of there with the win. But phew, this coming week, man, I'm just ready to get going on it again. I don't like, I mean, I like having time off, but also then I, my brain starts working again. So fair enough. You know. Fair enough. Um, you know what? No clever segue. Homefield Apparel, the most comfortable vintage college sports apparel you will find anywhere. Folks, big news Saturday season three starts this coming weekend. Cincinnati is first up, and I am just absolutely jazzed to see the new Big 12 member and the amazing Homefield Apparel that they are going to have shown up. The first show that they released early for the college football playoff for them was fantastic. I can't wait to see what the rest of it is. You might want to subscribe to Big New Saturday Season 3. Okay? There's eight weeks. You can get basically one shirt from every single one. They'll put one of the shirts out for subscription. It's $20 a shirt, which is a 38% discount because it's, you know, normally they're like $32 for a t-shirt. Eight weeks, 20 bucks a shirt, $200, you're going to get eight freaking awesome mobile apparel shirts. And, you know, I, I'm all I'm going to say is they've got some really good schools coming up for season three. Do I know all of them? No. Do I know a few things? Maybe. So, uh, if you haven't bought yet, might I suggest you use our promo code Network 12, N-E-T-W-O-R-K-1-2. It's going to get you 15% off your first order. Look, if you want to subscribe to Big News Saturday Season 3, do that. Do that. Don't worry about our promo code. Just do that. But if you don't want to and you just want to pick like one shirt, maybe you're a Cincinnati fan who's listening to the show and you're like, I I want a Cincinnati shirt. I want one of these things. I want a discount. Network 12, N-E-T-W-O-R-K-1-2. Gets you 15% off your first order at Homefield Apparel. 
longest running sponsor here on the podcast and in the network. And I am, I'm, well, podcast, they're sponsor of the network, and I appreciate them. Folks, I, I cannot wait to see everybody that's coming. Just don't forget they have current Big 12 schools like Texas and Texas Tech and West Virginia, Baylor, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, future Big 12 schools, full collection to BYU, Central Florida, and Houston, and of course Cincinnati is on the way. Hopefully we'll get some more Big 12 schools soon. So, homefieldapparel.com. Don't forget to follow them on Twitter. They are the brand for a reason. And don't forget that promo code for 15% off your first purchase. N-E-T-W-O-R-K-1-2. Be rocking the most comfortable t-shirts, sweaters, and hoodies, and joggers this year. Hey there, 1012 Network listeners. This is Dustin from the Scott and Holman Podcast, the original Houston Cougar athletics podcast, and the latest member of the 1012 Network. Uh, my co-host, Sam, do you want to tell the fine folks what the Scott and Holman Podcast is all about? I sure do. We come on here at least once a week, and we talk all things going on in the world of Houston Cougar sports. Plus, we usually find time for some of what's going on in our future conference, our current conference, and really the college sports world at large. We're not just a football, men's basketball podcast. We really pride ourselves here on the fact that every single team that wears the Scarlet and Albino in Houston and their jerseys gets time on our show. Plus, from time to time, we bring on some guests ranging from opposing team experts to even former Olympic great Carl Lewis. So be sure to search the Scott and Holman podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And remember, we spell podcast P-A-W-D cast because we are oh so funny like that. Should we go ahead and just look at this week that's coming up and decide which games we want to watch? I know Andy's got to get back to uh, back to the Kansas game. Uh, so let's, let's just kind of do this to wrap up as we normally do. Uh, we've got some football stuff. We'll save it for later. It doesn't really matter. Uh, okay. <laughs> Looking at the schedule of the week. On the men's side, we got a couple of nice things midweek. Kansas going on the road to Oklahoma. Iowa State at Texas Tech on Tuesday. Baylor at West Virginia, Kansas State at Texas. Uh, the Kansas, Oklahoma, Iowa State, Texas Tech, interesting. Wednesday, you get TCU at Oklahoma State. See what happens there. Saturday, OSU at Texas. Texas can get revenge. Baylor at Oklahoma. Uh, Kansas at Kansas State, round one. TCU at Iowa State. We got some interesting games. Uh, men's side, which which games are you guys most excited for this week? You know what? I am going to say, I'll just get it off the top here. I The one thing I can guarantee about this weekend is that there will be no stools involved <laughs> in the Kansas-Kansas State matchup don't, in hey, Manhattan. Don't make promises that you have no control. My wife promised my girl snow. We didn't get snow here in our town. It's been a real rough day with no snow. So don't oh, make promises. Oh, you, can't you didn't get any snow. Oh, no. Do you want some of our 10 <laughs> inches? I do not. I, I do I was going to say, we have two, not. and I'm willing to give that up at this point. You so. should have seen us trying to dig our cars out of the airport. My God. <laughs> Oh. But no, I mean, look, I mean, I'll be paying attention to that one as usual, but that's not the one that jumps out to me. Just thinking as a Big 12 fan, um, you know what? I'm looking at the slate over the weekend and and like the only game that really piques me as a this should be a fantastic game is Baylor at Oklahoma. And and really just because I think that Oklahoma has had a little bit of a lull and they're due to snap out of it and it's going to be Baylor on the road. Um, and I mean, there's going to be a lot of intrigue in that one. Yes, I think that TCU Iowa State could be a really good game. You know, again, Kansas State playing at home could always muck it up and, you know, Kansas could have another off night. I mean, we've seen them be super, you know, back and forth on that. West Virginia and Texas Tech, you got two teams that really muddy it up. So, like, there's a lot of other stuff that could potentially be interesting. But looking at it now, the only one that jumps out to me is Baylor, Oklahoma. But, you know, I'm looking at that Tuesday slate. That Tuesday slate looks really, really tasty to me. I'm having a hard time finding a game that I don't want to watch because Kansas State, for whatever reason, always gives Texas problems. 
Um, you know, we just saw a COVID depleted Kansas State team at home almost upset Texas to start the year out and them getting to now travel down to Texas and try to beat them there. Um, I really like that, that, you know, like the possibilities there. Iowa State at Texas Tech. Ooh. I mean, that's that's going to be Ooh. a really spicy matchup. I'm interested to see where everyone's going to be ranked when we actually get to that one. But, that, I mean, that easily should be a top 25 matchup again. Again, two teams that are fantastic defensively and kind of off and on offensively. What are you going to get? Are you going to get a really nail-biter, low-scoring affair that's in the 50s? Or are you going to get you know one team that kind of busts out and actually gets some offense going for over an extended period of time? Um, you know, and you end up getting a big win or are both teams finally going to find their offensive footing and we get a game that ends in the seventies. I like, you could see anything there, but I think that's the one that jumps out to me is the most intriguing. Yeah. I, I'm going to be kind of particular with the way I go about this because, uh, I'm going to pick a game that I can watch and that has to be either one of the Tuesday slate or, I mean, Maybe West Virginia Texas Tech, but even then we take off for the gym by like noon or so. So probably not even that one. So from the Tuesday slate, I will say that um, of those, I really would like to see Kansas, Oklahoma, because I just haven't been able to watch almost any of those teams. I haven't been able to watch a lot of men's basketball in general, but Kansas, Oklahoma, I think are the teams that I see as, you know, some of the most hyped people are, are feeling pretty good about them. And I would like to see that for myself. If I could choose any of them, I would be kind of in agreement there. Baylor, Oklahoma looks the most interesting, but I won't be able to watch it. So I'll be occupied. I mean, obviously, Iowa State, Texas Tech, huge game. Kansas, Oklahoma is well, interesting. Yeah. Kansas, Oklahoma is. I, I'm very interested in the game. Obviously, as an OSU fan, um, the other angle for the OSU Tech TCU game. TCU swept Oklahoma State last year. TCU was not good. You can put a little bit of revenge factor on this, and for TCU, if they really are going to make the tournament, um, these are probably games you shouldn't lose to Oklahoma State. This is your opportunity for some road wins. So I think it's a big game for TCU with what their goals are this season. Uh, let's look at the, and then, yeah, Saturday. I mean, Baylor and Oklahoma is awesome. Like, uh, Baylor and Oklahoma is good. I still don't know what I how to feel about West Virginia. So West Virginia, Texas Tech could be really good. I just don't know how to feel about West Virginia at this point. Like, I just, I, they're not bad. They're not great. They're good. But how good are they actually? Um, on the women's side, uh, nothing until Wednesday. Oklahoma at West Virginia, Texas, Iowa State, Kansas, Kansas State as well. Ooh, ooh. I'm more interested in that on the women's side than the men's. Uh, yes, actually, me too. Like so. Very much so. And then on the weekend slate, ooh, West Virginia, Oklahoma State, okay. Texas, TCU, Texas, Tech, Kansas, maybe. Oh, Sunday. Oh, my. Be still my Sunday, heart. Sunday, Sunday. Oklahoma <laughs> at Kansas State. <laughs> Iowa State at Baylor. Oh, Jamie. Look, my only complaint Jamie, about that this Sunday week slate. For, hold on. This week for Jamie is Iowa State hosts Texas on Wednesday and then goes to Baylor on Sunday. Oh. Apparently, Philip wasn't paying attention 30 minutes ago when we already talked about this. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm always prepping. Kind of. <laughs> but no, my only complaint about the Sunday slate is not the like, we have two fantastic ranked matchups, or at least ranked as of right now before the AP poll comes out. Um, like I wish that they would have staggered them a little bit so that I could actually mm -hmm. watch both of them at the same time because, 
Uh, well, oh, wait, you know what? I take that back. They're actually both on cable networks. So, uh, so it's the that is a possibility like, now. At least they're really on like TV, not ESPN+. First one in a while. First once in a while for the league. First one since before last week. But that's, the, that's one crazy. tips at one and one tips at two. We could have used a little bit more staggering. that. Week. Yeah, I know. I know. But so in terms of that midweek slate, like that Kansas-Kansas State matchup, mm. Sunflower Showdown in Manhattan, could – Theoretically, be for an opportunity to be ranked next week or the following week. Because I will if you think about it, I think be following that. <laughs> yeah, like like I'm fairly certain that Kansas and Kansas State, like if Kansas isn't ranked, they're going to be receiving votes at this point based off of what they did this last week. Um, Kansas State is probably not going to be ranked because of the loss that they had to Texas Tech, but they should be still receiving right quite a few votes. And so, whoever wins that midweek game is going to set themselves up just fine for a Saturday or Sunday victory to get themselves back into the poll or, or into the poll for the first time this week. So that is a low-key, well, not really low-key. No, I mean, a it's a super game. important matchup. It's also, you know, third and fourth in the Big 12 right now that are playing to try to jump up into that top three. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's a that's a very important game in the Big 12 race, which is not something I would have thought that we would be saying if you had told me that like two months ago. Um, you know, this is, this is low key, a very, very, very intriguing matchup. Yeah, no, that's going to be a sweet game. And that's, yeah, I, I certainly, uh, do the whole like sneaking glances at stuff during timeouts thing. So I will be absolutely following along with that. Um, Oh my gosh. I I think that that's so cool. Gosh, the big 12 this year is unreal. We've said this a billion times, but you don't get bad games really like you get the odd blowout but it's not common but oh my gosh is this week so good of the games I can watch Saturday they're actually all decent just if only to see what you can learn about teams because West Virginia going on the road is interesting because they've really been struggling as Mary Martinez is back, but really hasn't been doing a whole lot. You kind of expect her to get going at some point. That would be a really good opportunity. It'd be a good matchup for her. Texas at TCU. Texas has been so up and down. Really every game is interesting with them. And then Texas tech with Kansas feels like that should be a fairly good matchup as far as where they're sitting right now. Those should all be pretty good. And then this weekend, super excited to have two Big 12 games on TV. I love, love, love that Sundays become kind of a women's basketball day for the ESPN family of networks. That's super dope. I was watching just game after game after game after game today, which is, yeah, terrific. And I don't know, like, who makes these decisions or how this happens, but both of Iowa State's games this week on the women's side are going to be broadcast on SiriusXM. And so that's going to be our call on SiriusXM. So that's kind of cool. Oh. Look at look at JSJ taking that step up out, out on Sunday. I didn't Radio. even know both. I just I just saw that both of them. I heard about the one from my broadcast partner because he heard from the SID at Iowa State and now I'm looking at the schedule and I have just learned that it's both so I'm really in the loop guys no you're just you're just so busy like you have to have the people like they they will take care of you because Jamie's time is very important when she's not I don't have to do anything to know different. type of thing 
So right, like that feels like a need to know type of thing. It wasn't. It wasn't super important that you knew you were going to be on national, you know, radio. Although it is, so I can hype it up, baby. Hype it up. Well, it's not right, like she's right, going right. to do extra preparation. You know. Jamie knows exactly what she's doing. So I, exactly, I, we're just going to tweet about it nonstop. Like, hey, no nerves there. or anything like that to worry about. Like, yeah, we're fine. I don't even, it doesn't even register that people listen to me. People are like, I love listening to you on the radio. Oh my God, that sounded so cocky. Okay. It's I have not, people no, no, no. say. People tweet at you about it. We see the tweets. <laughs> like, occasionally they tag us because, you know, you know, because they're like, oh yeah, I know her from, from, I mean, we're just happy to be associated with you. Uh, no, but like people are like, hey, I liked your radio call. And I'm like. Thank you. It doesn't occur to me that people listen. I'm just talking for my own sake. And so I'm very glad that you enjoy it. <laughs> Jamie is incredible. Make sure you're following her on Twitter at jsteyz, J-S-T-E-Y-Z, uh, along with... We've got a good party going on Twitter lately. We do. We got to get the we gotta get the bet on women going more. Like, folks. Folks. Hashtag bet on women. I'm some people to work on some stuff. I found, like... a kind of a little startup splinter group that's doing some more like genuine advocacy for it and, like, that sounds dangerous a splinter group well okay that that does sound kind of dangerous <laughs> i found like a startup today and like there's some people that are big in wnba that are kind of working the thing and then of course the biggest thing is you gotta be on top of it like you gotta have an awareness of it because when the ncaa tournament comes that's when a lot of the apps make it bettable good to know Good to know. Well, make sure you're following Jamie because she puts up the Big 12 lines every time on the women's side. Uh, and you can check out her graphics or poll or whatever she has the time to put together for that particular day. <laughs> Picks are awesome. probably going to be fewer and far less far between because, I God, they've it, I've been like pulling it out of a hat lately. But there will be something. Hey, I, I feel like we need to get JSJ a social media intern. We, I can't afford a social media intern. I can't. Get I never one. said. I, I said the collective, the royal we. The royal we. As in, we, right. need, we need to crowdsource it through Twitter. All right, or Prince Andy, then get over there and throw those royal funds at her so we can employ <laughs> No, I just need to find someone that will, like, pay me to do betting stuff. I just need to I just need to get the train rolling enough that so if like you're an a, actual a, app. If you're a betting company who would like to sponsor Jamie's uh Twitter account or, you know, the show at a betting segment, we'd be happy to do so. Uh Jamie, you're gonna join us I no no no. Don't ever tease things, Philip, because then they get cancelled. Okay, so Jamie's not coming anywhere near this podcast again until next Sunday, maybe. Ever. Oh, excuse me. Actually, not next Sunday. <laughs> no, that's right. You're both abandoning me next week. I got to find two no, no, other. No. I'll be here next Sunday. Oh, I'll be here next Sunday. Jamie will not. Great. And the week after, after the Iowa State-Kansas game, um, I will not be here yeah. to gloat about Kansas getting a huge monumental upset victory over <sighs> Iowa State on the women's so, side. So Andy will be here, but Jamie won't. So... Well, that pod's going to be something to listen to. Uh, <laughs> That's why people say be, I'm the favorite. <laughs> it'll be something, at least. It'll be, there will be audio. It will be available to you. Uh, don't forget to follow Andy on Twitter as well, at AndyMitts12, uh, M-I-T-T-S. Follow us. We will share all of Jamie's stuff, all her betting lines, on our Twitter account, at 1012Network. Of course, you can find uh, links to all the shows from every show in the network, 10 shows strong and potentially growing soon. We'll see. We 
We got plenty of schools that we still got to get added. Uh, and I'm, we're working our tails off to make that happen. Uh, 1012network.com. You can go check it out. It's got some links to some of the shows. No, it doesn't have all 10. Yes, I'm, I'm just about to just go do it myself because it's not getting done. Just like everything else in this whole network, I'll just do it myself. Feel like I'm Thanos pulling the the gauntlet. I'm just kidding, Andy. <laughs> oh my gosh, right. my face. And uh, <laughs> all seriousness, make sure and go uh, make a purchase from Homefield Apparel. Support our sponsors. Leave us a rating interview, please. You can leave ratings, ratings on Spotify and on Good Pods and on iTunes. Uh, and of course, leave us a review on iTunes as well. We would appreciate it. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday with something. I'm not going to tell you what it is. I do have something scheduled, but if I tell you, it won't happen. So we will talk to you then. Sports Social Podcast Network.